Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the start line by a man whose debut novel has the book world in a tizzy. Quote, a stunning book that takes the reader on an intense and harrowing journey that is truly unforgettable. E.A. Amar says my guest is, quote, unafraid of addressing issues most people would prefer to ignore, unquote. His novel is Smoke Kings, and we welcome the author, Jamal Mayfield. Oh, thank you for uh, having me on, Sean. This is a real thrill. Jamal, let's go beyond the mic. Your initial draft got you an agent in six months. Then you worked through a baker's dozens worth of drafts before you were comfortable submitting to editors. What did you prune from your initial draft that you're glad you did today? Uh, yeah, I mean, made a lot of changes, actually, from that initial draft to the, the, the final version that you see. I think the first draft of the book was a little angrier than the book actually ultimately ended up being. One of the things that was important is, so when you're dealing with issues around race, that's just a controversial topic in and of itself. So I didn't want it to just be an angry book. I wanted it to be intelligent. I wanted it to be a conversation piece. And so all of those drafts were an effort to really get the book to that place, including, you know, one of the main characters changed the ethnicity in the uh, drafts that came from that original draft. Why is having a conversation on sensitive issues today important in these times? I think it's important because if we don't have conversations, those issues continue to fester and we're not able to address those issues. And race is just that uncomfortable conversation that most people don't want to have. And and that's whether you're the marginalized side of that or you're on the other side of it, you're not as marginalized. No one wants to have that conversation and they don't want to have an honest conversation about it. Your character, Nate, leads his friends on a mission of retribution searching for justice. You wrote Smoke Kings about reparations and what would happen if people were made to pay for their crimes. Your full-time job is helping people with disabilities. Do you believe justice is possible in society today? Do I believe justice is possible? Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say yes when you see the reality that we are up against. But I try to be an optimistic person. And that was really one of the important things that I wanted to do when I sat down to write Smoke King. I wanted to address this issue and touch upon these issues from all sides and all points of views, because I think part of getting to that place of justice that you talk about is by being honest about all the different nuances of the issue. And, uh, and I think, think that's one of the main things that we're missing uh, when we do have that uncomfortable conversation. It's always antagonistic. It's never in an effort to try to come up with some real answers. What are the answers we need to grab a hold of and realize? I think the answers that we need to grab a hold of and realize is that, you know, everyone that has a perspective has an important perspective. And part of, you know, understanding each other will get us to a realization. For example, I have, I was really inspired by Kimberly Jones's, um, viral video, How Can We Win? And she, and this was in the midst of the summer of George Floyd. And she was standing in basically what you would call a war zone. This was an area where we had moved beyond protests to rioting and looting. And the targets were destroyed. And she was standing there and she was so angry. And she was also so intelligent in her response. I had never seen that anger and that intelligence together married in that sort of a way. And I was, I was just blown away by that video. 
And so some people, you have conversations, well, why would someone destroy their own neighborhood? Why would someone tear down their stores where they go and shop and buy clothes and food for their children? So that's one perspective. But they're missing the other perspective, which is we don't feel ownership of this neighborhood. We, we don't feel ownership of this society that has marginalized us so often. And, and that's what I mean about those honest conversations. If we could get everyone on all sides to understand that, you know, the different perspectives and try to delve into it, then maybe we could come to some resolution. Finally. Jamal, why has anger replaced common sense conversations? I think anger, you know, the funny thing about anger, I, I think anger has always been there. And it's a very natural response. And I actually have said a number of times, um, I think these violent, angry responses are probably justified more often than they actually have. And that's one of the hard truths and realities of this, which makes it such a difficult thing. And yet we, we, we kind of compartmentalize or we, we, we determine what anger is okay and what anger is not okay. So you have the businessman who uh, loses his job and he goes home and he's wondering how he's going to keep a roof over his head and feed himself and his children. And in a fit of rage, he knocks all the salt and pepper shakers off his table and, you know, breaks a chair in the kitchen. And no one questions that, right? You know, that's a rage that we don't question. Frustration. Right. Frustration of not having control. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, I, you know, to your question, why is it replaced? I, I, it's always been there. And but and that was one of the things that I thought was so wonderful about that Kimberly Jones video and what I tried to do with Smoke Kings. If I get completely engulfed in the rage and the rage is there, it, it's it, if I get completely engulfed in that rage, then I'm not having any kind of sensible conversations and I'm not talking about the real issues. So I tried to find that balance to the best of my ability. Jamal Mayfield, author of Smoke Kings, joins us beyond the mic. And Jamal, it's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Your day job is director of a nonprofit assisting employment support to people with disabilities. When one of your clients returns after getting a job, smile on their face, how does it make you feel? Warm inside. It's just one of the, the greatest uh, joys. 80% of people with disabilities are not part of the workforce. And so when we're able to change that one person at a time, um, it's just an amazing feeling. Who are the top three authors of all time? Oh, James Baldwin, Dennis Lehane, uh, James Lee Burke. Jamal, how does music soothe your soul? And what's another favorite song from Nas that isn't Thief's theme? Mm. Rewind. Top three underappreciated hip hop artists of all time. Top three underappreciated. Uh, uh, Your kids are always saying that you're searching YouTube for uh, 90s uh, rap and 90s hip hop. So that's true. What are they? All right. Top three underappreciated. Uh, ooh, I'm going to go with uh, Most Def. I'm going to go with, uh, interestingly enough, LL Cool J. Interesting. Yeah, I think even though he has a lot of fame, you never really hear him mentioned as one of the best MCs of all time. And I think LL Cool J was able to be commercial. He was able to be authentic, hard hip hop. 
I, I just think he's amazing and he just didn't get in that conversation. So LL Cool J. And then my third one will be I'm gonna go with Sadat X. Jamal, what's the best moment you've had with your kids this last year? Best moment with my kids. Just Christmas, the holidays. So what's the one hobby you never have enough time to do? Read. I love to read. I you know, I say on on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, I still want to call it Twitter. Um I say all the time, reader first, writer second. I love to read. So what's the last book you read? I recently read uh, California Bear. But what was the book I read just after California Bear? I'm going to go with California Bear by Dwayne Sprzynski. I feel terrible because I know I read something previous after that. Oh, um, I do remember Lilith by Eric Rickstad. So apologies to Eric Rickstad. If your mom was going to make your favorite meal, what's she cooking? Steak and potatoes. And how do you like your steak cooked? Uh, medium with a nice amount of salt and seasoning on it. Uh, and the potatoes are probably going to be mashed potatoes uh, with some cheese and some pepper and salt and butter. Is there anything bad that has butter in it? Yeah, the butter. <laughs> has anything came to you in a vision or a dream? And what was it? I, I've, I've uh, uh, unfortunately dealt with lots of uh, tragedies in my life and, and lost a lot of people that I've loved, but I, I've had loved ones that, uh, you know, have appeared in dreams and, and, and let me know they were okay. Um, so special moments. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another beyond the mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the good pods app. It's time for the bag half with author of smoke Kings, Jamal Mayfield beyond the mic. Jamal, the smoke Kings is referenced from a poem, the song of smoke by W E B Dubois a pioneer in sociology. What is the power of writing to you and how has it changed you as a man? Writing opens your mind to things that you wouldn't have been exposed to if you hadn't interacted with the text. And what I love about writing as well is, you know, everyone can get something different from a text. You know, there are going to be people that are going to read Smoke Kings and have a, a certain perspective on it. And there are going to be other people that are going to have a completely different perspective. And that's the magic of words. And I'm actually, I love that. I think that's wonderful. You've dealt with tragedy in your life. What's one moment in your life yeah. you'd like to have a do-over for? I don't think I, you know, I'm, I'm not someone that ever looks for a do-over. Really? I think every moment. Why? Every moment has taught me something. I've gained something from every moment, good, bad, or in between. I think it's those lessons that, uh, compile and, and, and create who you are. And so I am who I am because of all those different lessons. So not necessarily anything that I would want to do. Over. In the end, you leave Smoke King's readers hanging, wanting to know more from your characters. How do you relate to your characters? And are there friends in your life you base these characters from? No, I, I mean, I thought it was really important. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that there's not some of me in some of these characters because I think I hear writers sometimes and they say that there's none of them and that's probably disingenuous. There's probably little pieces of me in the different characters, but I really wanted to, you know, this was this is fiction as as fiction can be, <laughs> you know. So uh, I, I tried to create characters and I spent a lot of time you know, letting these characters marinate in my mind before I even sat down and started trying to write a word of this book. So I really, you know, wanted to, from a whole cloth, have characters that were real to me, 
but uh, were real to me from this world that I was creating in, in Smoke Kings and not real to me because they were someone that I knew. How is writing for you? I mean, do you create an outline or do you have an idea and you're going to figure out where you go or do you just write and figure it out later? I, I have to have like kind of like bare bones. Uh, I, I don't want to have too much details because I like to be surprised as I'm writing. So I need to know some of the framework and that framework. I need to know the beginning. I need to know some of the you know important things that lead us to the middle. I need to know what the middle is. And it, it's a bonus if I know where I'm ending. I, you know, I'm not necessarily going to know where I'm ending, but it, it's a bonus if I know where I'm ending. And then I'm going to sit down with a, you know, yellow legal pads and I'm going to write by long hand. I think it slows me down. It makes my brain really think about what I'm saying. And then when I am able to actually take that, you know, that draft and, and type it into the computer, I almost, you know, intentionally get a second draft just in that process of transcribing it to the computer. So that's my process. Jamal, how is your family and friends support you since the beginning show the power of the family in Smoke Kings? Yeah, I, I think giving me the space to write, giving me believing in me, not being critical because, you know, I have about five or six. I've, I've wanted, this has been a dream for a long time. I've had five or six, you know, trunk novels. I, I'm a huge reader of crime fiction and I just wanted to be in the genre. I wanted to have that opportunity. So there were a lot of failed novels uh, that I'll never see, you know, publication, I'm sure, you know, before we got to Smoke Kings. And yet I never had anyone around me that cared about me that said those were failed novels. They were all steps that I were taking in my journey to get to Smoke Kings. So how does recognition by your own peers give you what you need in writing book two? I mean, it means everything. I've said it a couple of times in this interview, I think. You know, I'm a reader first and a writer second. And so Don Winslow was the first blurb I had received. I remember reading Power of the Dog years ago. And then Savages and reading that first pace in Savages and going, this this guy is nuts. Like, this is amazing. And so obviously hope readers, you know, gravitate towards uh, Smoke Kings and, 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 and that they appreciate what I attempted to do. But, you know, some of my peers that I've been reading their books for years and years, you know, I, I, I just, you know, said before that the last book I read was Lilith by Eric Rickstad. I've never met him in person. I read, I've read every book he's written, you know, starting with Reek years and years ago. And when, you know, we were engaging on social media and said, I want to send you a copy of, of my book. The fact that he even wanted me to read his book meant he was resonating with what I'm attempting to do. And that's just amazing. It's just amazing. Nate's the obvious answer, but which one of these characters was the hardest and easiest for you to write? Samuel Wayne Pringle uh, was the easiest. And he was the easiest because he was almost a caricature in some ways because he represented something that I abhorred, you know, white supremacy and just that just inbred racism. And yet when I, when I sat down to write him, I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to lean into it. <laughs> and then I also added some nuances to him. He's an intelligent guy. You know, he's well-read. You know, and I wanted to add some, you know, other elements to him as well. But he was the easiest because I just leaned into it. I'm going to take every caricature, every 
thing that, you know, you have in your mind when you think of a white supremacist and I'm just going to throw it in. I'm just going to make him just this evil guy. So he was easy. The most difficult character to write, and I actually at times went away from him, was was Joshua um, because it was his brother that he was lost. And, you know, Smoke King started from a very personal place for me, and it was almost it was hard for me to put Joshua on the page because I know his reaction and his loss, uh, though there were other characters that felt that loss tremendously, his loss was the most acute. And so he was very difficult to write. So which character is the closest to you? Mm. That's a, I would almost say Nate, but I don't want people to read the book and go, oh my goodness, you're Nate. <laughs> Why was the conversation you want people to have after reading Smoke Kings important? It's important because we keep seeing young black men in particular, and you have Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, Mike Brown, and Eric Garner, and George Floyd, and on and on and on. And I know there's all kinds of nuances to each of those situations, but we keep seeing young black men die violently, oftentimes racially motivated. And the best we can come up with is Twitter hashtags, graffiti murals, you know, candlelight vigils. And that just doesn't seem like enough. And so I, I, you know, I got to a point where I, I, again, I started from a place of rage with, with Smoke Kings and then it shifted as I got into the book because, you know, rage is not going to be the answer either. And that was one of the messages that I wanted to get across in this book, which is why it has such a noirish kind of ending. Like, rage is not going to get us there either. The only thing that's going to make a change is real, meaningful, honest conversation from everyone that has a stake in this issue. And, and and my argument is that everyone has a stake in the issue. You don't have to be black to have a stake in this issue. Everyone does. Jamal, will change happen? A lot of change has happened. Um, and so I want to believe a lot of change can continue to happen. When you go out on a tour, what do you want people to think? What are the conversations that you want to have with your fans? I want them to say it made me think. It made me speak. And I'm not going to forget it for a very long time, which is why I wrote the ending the way I wrote it, because I, I didn't want anyone to close that book and forget about it in a week. And so I, I, I was hopeful that this ending uh, in the gut punch that it was would at least make it endure in people's minds. Jamal Mayfield, author of Smoke Kings, joins us for one big question. Jamal, James Baldwin famously said, quote, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced, unquote. What do you believe needs to be faced but isn't able to due to the environment or circumstances right now? I think what we need to face is that there's a darkness um, in all of us that has been here for a very long time. And until we acknowledge that there's a darkness, we can't really truly get to the light. He thinks LL Cool J is underappreciated, loves to read as much as he can, and wrote his book starting on yellow legal pads. He wants you to read his novel, Smoke Kings. Jamal Mayfield, 
Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. This has been an honor and a pleasure. And you've been uh, amazing. So um, this has been great. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.